All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 301 of the KISS, uh, well, the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. Today I'm joined by... Yeah, I don't know which podcast I'm doing half the time these days, but today I'm joined by Ken, the voice of reason, 69th Blizzard, hey. bag boy Alex, welcome back, sir. Thank you. And Thank staying you. up late in the far reaches of northern Europe or northern Scandinavia or somewhere up there, Daniel Wheeze, good to see you guys. Hey. All right, so, you know, straight up. First piece of news, important piece of news, is on behalf of the whole KISS FAQ family, we'd like to offer Vinny Gonzalez and um, the friends and family of Nancy our deepest condolences on her passing. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. losing someone to COVID is worse than losing someone normally because it's just going around and there's nothing you can do. So uh, our deepest condolences to him. And anyone who doesn't know who Vinny is, find out. Great guy. Um on that topic, how's everyone doing? Daniel, how are you? Everything good in your world? Yeah, we 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 have had about a th- just over a thousand deaths, mostly elderly people. The first famous guy died a few days ago, so so that's the first known person that died, a TV host, and he was not very old. He was like fifty-one, but uh, we still go to school and. Uh, <laughs> We still attend school and go to work, and we have no quarantine over here yet. Yet. Ken, how about you? How are you doing? Sorry you couldn't join us for last week's Look It's Rock and Roll episode. Lonnie's choice was, of course, Get a Grip. So if you haven't seen that episode, check that one out. We also did a chat with Andy Moyen and Brent Meredith uh, about Wasp. So uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, sorry to miss that other episode, but uh, hey, it is what it is. Um, we're, I'm doing okay here. It's just a little, you know, going stir crazy. Uh, want to get out in a bit. I mean, I, as far as getting out, I'm not getting out as except for maybe if we need groceries and stuff like that, or or mowing the lawn, <laughs> you know, stuff like that outside the house kind of duties. But uh, you know. Hey, you got to do what you need to do. Yeah, if I go out on my balcony now and shout, "Hey, you, get off my lawn!" There's no one there, and we don't have a lawn, so that's uh, how that's how I'm, well I'm doing. Yeah, Alex, it's been a long time since you've been around. How are you doing? How's your daughter? She's good. She's over a year. She's walking. Uh, we think she's talking. She says "Mama" and "Papa," so that's a plus to start. Um, yeah, to start, <laughs> and. Um, you know, we're surviving it. As you guys, I think a lot of you guys know, I'm in school, going to university. And about a month ago, obviously, they put the university on shutdown and put everything in classes to remote. And I'm in my last semester, which starts on Monday. And all those classes are now remote classes. So now we get to log on to Zoom <laughs> at the uh, the appointed class time to do a big old fun-filled Skype session. So we'll see how that goes. Some of my teachers are still figuring out how technology works because some of them are still old school and use stone tablets in class. So we'll see how things go. Stone tablets, the original. All right. So anyone had any purchases recently? Have you been spending your time trolling eBay while locked down? I've been buying Aerosmith stuff for the book, but I haven't bought any Kiss stuff recently. 
Oh, I did order the new uh, Staying Home Tour shirt. Oh, yeah, I was going to order that, too. Uh, I haven't ordered anything. Nope. All right, then let's get into today's topic, which um, lipstick style, we're going to do a ranking. And because it's coming up to Ace Frehley's birthday, we're going to ruin it for him. Uh, or no, we're going to give him a present of celebration of 15 ace candles on a cake of awesomeness. How about that? And it's basically we're going to rank all the ace songs in the Kiss catalog. So 73 to um, 81 plus 98. And that pretty much sums it up. And there's a there's a couple of debatable ones in here. Um, excluded Rock Bottom because... You know, the instrumental twiddly-fiddly bit, the nice bit, is completely separate section, basically just tacked onto it. So there's no point giving him any credit for the rest of the song when it more than likely wasn't part of, um, you know, his composition. Also excluded are the instrumentals on which he contributed. Anything on the box set, which I, I don't think there was much on there off the top of my head anyway but uh, on the studio side. And Daniel takes issue with two of these, don't you? You've got asterisks by, um, well, we'll talk about those when we get to them. How about that? So let's jump straight in. Coming in in 15th place at the bottom. I wish I had a klaxon right now. With a whole 14 points, Torpedo Girl. Can get us started with your thoughts about that one and why it ranked pretty low for you. Huh. It did, yeah. It wasn't the bottom. It was very close to the bottom, almost the bottom on my list. But uh, I don't know. I think the other songs that you know Ace have has written are, are uh, a lot better. Though I <laughs> I do like the you know the riff in Torpedo Girl, the you know the, the bass riff. Or, yeah, yeah. It's just a cool riff. Um, which we got to see at, I think, Gene Simmons' vault when Gene Simmons actually did the riff while Ace was sitting there. Um, but, uh, yeah, the rest of the song is kind of like, I don't understand the song, really, Torpedo Cry. <laughs> I can imagine some things, but I, I'm not sure about it. Um, it's just a kind of a goofy, goofy song. It's not a bad song. It just falls low on my list. Fair enough. Can't fault the voice of reason any time of day. Alex, it was pretty low on your list as well. How low was it? Yeah, I put it as the lowest. When looking at this list altogether, um, I, I looked. I, I went through my iTunes. You know, iTunes, if you have it set up, it'll show you how many times you play a song and stuff. And I looked at what songs came in, and it was the lowest one on there. So I figured, obviously, if it's pretty low on my iTunes rotation, I probably am not the most craziest. And yeah, I just I've never liked the intro, uh, the little siren aspect of it. I think kind of ruins it. Now, yeah. like like yeah. Ken, though, the baseline is awesome. I saw Ace in February of 2008, so just before like Anomaly came out, and he did a medley, and that was like the first song of the medley. And I do remember when uh, the bass player at the time, Anthony Esposito, when he played it, I remember getting excited because I was like, "Holy crap!" Like they're playing this song off on mask, just because they don't really do anything off on mask. But yeah, it's just not my favorite. Fair enough. It's one of those songs. There's two really funky songs on Unmasked that have kind of that weird vibe going. Torpedo Girl is one. Easy as it seems is another. They've almost got the very similar it, to my ear. 
and obviously everyone's ears are different. But, um, you know, I've got it middle of the pack. It's always been a song from the first time I heard Unmasked. It was one of the songs that jumped out for me. So very much middle of the road for as far as Ace's, you know, songwriting goes. But I also thought I liked the clacks and, I, and you know, the stupid stuff. Maybe I, I just never progressed from age 14. Daniel, what about you? What did you find of uh, Torpedo Girl? Well, I had it in uh, 13th place, uh, so at the bottom of me, for me as well. And I guess if you like like wacky bass lines, bass lines and, and wacky guitar riffs, this is your song. I don't, so, so I don't care for this one. I like more like, uh, uh, you know, I prefer riffs that are, are a bit uh, more menacing, like fits like a glove, cold gym, parasite, war machine, that kind of stuff. This one... I really don't understand this song at all, and I think it's uh, a stinker. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Moving on. Cute. Yeah, and, and surprisingly, it's quite a jump up into 14th place now on 18 points. Woohoo! Into mm-hmm. the void. And I'm going to just own up immediately. I rank this last, very last. I can't get over what that album represents to me. I didn't think this was Ace really even putting in much of an effort. I like the riff. I do enjoy it live. And again, when it comes to ranking any of these songs, if it's part of the Kiss catalog, I generally like it, but something has to be down at the bottom that I like other stuff more. And Into the Void is just so disappointing. Even more so when you find out that that's pretty much the sum total of his contributions to the album, apart from maybe a little bit of You Wanted the Best and, um, you know. In your face. In your, well, that's a bonus track, and uh, you know, which wasn't included in here. And uh, what was I just going to say? I don't remember. So, Alex, where did you rank it, and why did you rank it such? Uh, I rank this as number two. <laughs> I actually oh. like it, um, but I think I think for me, it's just the sentiment to it. You know, um, as a kid growing up, Psycho Circus was the first new album by that lineup. You know, I was nine. That's what came out in 98. So I was nine uh, when the album came out. Um, and I, I think, I guess it's just happy memories. I, again, I saw Ace, you know, twi- I've seen Ace twice, 2008 and 2007. And when I saw him in 2007, it was my first uh, kind of Kiss-related show with my dad. And I remember when he went into into the void, me and my dad kind of geeking out because it was something new, you know, because at that point, Ace was just doing, you know, his Kiss material. So it was a, something new that wasn't part of Ace's, you know, set list before uh, in that sense. And so I was just, I guess for me, I probably got more emotional attachment to it, but I just bring it back to happy times. Daniel, you don't rank yeah. it very highly either, do you? No, I have to <laughs> Same spot as you, dead last. Uh, but I do understand, Alex, because that's, there's something about being like 10 years old and uh, hearing music, music that you really like. It sticks for the rest of your life. So I do understand that. But I heard this when I was a grown-up. And uh, it, I, I guess it's nice of them to let him have a track on the album. But... Uh, that's about it. Uh, never cared for it. Uh, and uh, all the things you said, Julian, is true as well. I mean, this album is so strange. Uh, we don't know who plays what. Uh, it isn't really 
the classic kiss that it was supposed to be. So it's like, I don't know. I, I really don't like it. And this is one of the worst song, songs on the album. Yeah. So right. dead last. All right, Ken, bring us back around. Well, wait a minute here. I think we need a math check because Julian, you have it dead last and Daniel has it dead last. And I have it dead last. So how did Torpedo Girl fall below into the void? Simply because Alex skewed it so tremendously that he tipped the gravity well oh, really? of oh. math. Oh, I see now. He, I he see. completely messed with nature. Oh. The universe okay. right. is still adapting right. to his vote. Oh. Alex, okay, I get it. All right. <laughs> All right, well, it's obviously on the bottom of my list, too. It's a song that's just okay. Um, it's a phoned-in ace song uh in my opinion um i'm sure he had something better sitting around than that that he could have you know like gene simmons you know he has like a million songs that he just kind of throw out there um so i would imagine that ace must have had something but maybe he was just too lazy saving uh, to it for the solo album <laughs> yeah save it for his solo albums coming up later right uh that in 2009 um <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's just it's just not a great song uh, from an album that's just so so also. Take me to the city. You know, yeah. there you some go. of the some of the demos he did in nineteen ninety five are pretty damned good. But I also think there's a problem of maybe other people contributed more to those. Maybe, you know, from that lineup Richie had more, you know, kind of play and they didn't want anything that had kind of already circulated on collectors. You know, islands. And Ken, when you ask about how things happened strangely in the rankings, you also have to remember who's doing the math. So uh, th things can. Become... I thought it was Excel doing the math. Excel? No. I, we rip off the lipstick panel's method of doing these, but I don't have <laughs> okay, Greg's right. wonderful spreadsheet that probably does all the math. So here we go. <laughs> Moving on in 13th okay. place. And this one was a bit of a stunner for me, but uh, there we go. On 20 points. Two Sides of the Coin. Ken, I'm going straight back to you. Okay. Uh, two Sides of the Coin, yeah. Um, it was on the lower half of my list. Um, I just, uh, as far as the songs on, for instance, Unmasked, the other two songs are are much better. Um, well, not much better. <laughs> Maybe not. that's not true. <laughs> Torpedo Girl was on it. But one, one other song is much better. Um yeah, Two Sides of Scoy is good. It's not a bad song. Uh, I think I just maybe got sick of it. Um, has has a decent chorus on it. Um, but it's just not not one of my favorites that I'm, I'm going to go to. Fair enough. Alex, how about you? Um, I put it in the middle. <laughs> it's, mm. uh, you know, looking at my list, I definitely lean minus uh, Torpedo Girl. I definitely lean a little bit more towards that. Obviously, the Ace Dynasty on up kind of period, uh, Love Gun period on up. Um, I've liked it. I went through a phase where it was I was kind of a skip track for a while, and I just kind of recently got moved over back to like you know I actually enjoy this song. It's not a bad song, but it's just kind of middle of the road for me for an Ace track. Okay, Ken. He just asked. Did I, I, can't, I can't keep track. Daniel, try someone else. How about yeah. you over there? Yeah, I had Daniel. it in 11th, 11th 
place. Uh, mm. For me, this is uh, nothing special. I do like the bridge where Anton Fig goes crazy on the drums. Ah, and, yeah. And there's some uh, guitar point. stuff that sounds similar to something from Fractured Mirror. That part I, I do mm. enjoy, but the rest, not so much. So yeah. uh, 11th place, uh, uh, not very good to, in me, in, to my ears. Uh, never have listened to this song a lot. He did a lot of better songs during the 79 AD period that we will come to soon. Yeah, I had this in 13th. Never been a fan of obvious song titles, Two Sides of the Coin. You know, what's it followed by? Water is wet, snow is cold. You know, just <laughs> far too obvious, not very <laughs> exciting. Um, I, wasn't this one that he did on the cruise that I went on? Can't remember. He did Dark Light or something know. else, whether it was Torpedo Girl or Two Sides of the Coin. But, you know, it's just one of those kind of throwaway tracks for me. Everything you guys all said about Torpedo Girl, I kind of think about this song. So, you know, there we, there we go. It's just one of the weaker contributions as far as I'm concerned. All right, moving into 12th place on 21 points, the first asterisk, Flaming Youth. Daniel, let's start with you. You put an asterisk next, next to this song in particular. Well, to, to me, this is not uh, like an A song. Um, it's more of a Bob Esrin, Paul Stanley song, maybe. Uh, I never thought of Ace when I listened to this song as I did with, you know, like Parasite, Cold Gin and that kind of stuff. Uh, and if you read, what's the name of that biography? Uh, Behind Mask. the Mask. Behind the Mask. It's pre- mm. Yeah, it's pretty obvious that he doesn't even remember what he did <laughs> for this song. Not that that's very unusual, but, but for Ace. But, but right. uh, I'm not sure what he contributed with. Maybe the riff. The riff. The riff. Yeah. And the it's, a, it's a very and, identifable part of the song. Yeah, so that, that, that is what I read, you know, how I interpreted what I read in Behind the Mask is Ace couldn't remember much of it, but he thought it was the riff. Uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, yes, Bob, Bob is riff. the calliope and, um, you know, yeah. Paul is marrying Gene's mad dog into one song. So that's why we're in there. Yeah. But what do, you, mm-hmm. what do you think of the song and you know, oh, where, did it, fa- where did it fall in your ranking? It's a good song, but but uh, if I'm thinking Ultimate Ace, this is nowhere near Ultimate Ace songs. I mean, uh, so, so so it wasn't very high for me, but it wasn't at the bottom either. I had it in in number eight as number mm. number eight. So pretty good. Uh, but when I'm thinking of Ace songs, it it, it doesn't. Like, I'm not thinking Flaming Youth. And uh, if he contributed the the riff, well. He did a whole lot more on, on, on the other tracks that we'll come to. So so it's a good song. Not the best on Destroyer, not the worst, but it's a good song. I've always enjoyed it. I'm wondering if anyone knows, and I, I can't think off the top of my head, has Ace ever done this song in his solo set, especially in like recent years? I, think I, I doubt I, it. I think I'd I like to hear him so. sing this. You know, so oh yeah, exactly. I, I think he could actually uh, do a good job of it vocally, yeah, and maybe. and it kind of fits yes. his personality and his style. So, um, Origins Volume Two. Well, maybe, and I thought that's what I mm-hmm. liked about Origins Volume One is when he did a song from the Kiss catalog that we yeah, finally got to hear cool. his vocal. We'll talk about that in a bit, I guess. Uh, Alex, you ranked this pretty lowly. Yeah, it's just I, I guess I'm a little bit like Mark. I'm not the most craziest for Destroyer. <laughs> 
Um, the riff, the riff's one of the first riffs I actually learned on guitar, though. Um, and so I guess I should have probably been more kind to Mr. Fraley with, with regards to that. But uh, I just, I don't know, the song's never really done it for me, at least studio. I mean, yeah, definitely heard some live versions. Is that really good, fun live version from, was it New Jersey 76? The, uh, was it Roosevelt? Um, and, and he did a great live then. And then I know Kiss has done it recently in their set list. And um, so it's been, you know, fun to hear the, the live versions. I just, I, I kind of looked at some of these songs, the studio versions. Uh, it's kind of where I put my biases on. And you'll see that with a couple other choices. But um, on, on a studio version, it just doesn't really do much for me. Fair enough. Ken, middle of the pack for you, I, I think. Or bottom half. Yeah, well, no, mine falls right where it, you ranked it. It was like 12, right? Uh, um, that's where, uh, that's what I ranked it. So, um, I, I do agree that Ace, Ace should have sung that. Should It should have been his first lead vocal on, on that album. It should have been on Destroyer. This should have been it. I mean, I can hear him singing this song. Definitely can hear him. Um, you know, I'm stupid and I'm lazy and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just it's perfect. Happy it's birthday, perfect. Ace. No, I, I'm not calling you stupid ace, but you know, um, we love you. Um, but uh, yeah, I could just hear him singing. And then, but the other part about why it falls lower for me, I thought always thought, yeah, it's a good song. Um, it's always been kind of a Paul song because he sang it, of course. And but I know that what you mentioned, Julian, about the Gene Simmons uh, Mad Dog riff is in there, uh, which is in that Bob Ezrin pulled i guess you know from i guess one of gene's submissions so he said oh that's a little good riff let's put that in there you know so but it's a it's a okay song i mean people go crazy when kiss decides to play it on the cruiser or wherever you caught me trying to fact check myself because i was just going to check the box set credits here <laughs> and see if where is it is it not on that disc? God. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Mad Dog. Yeah, yeah. Mad Mad Dog is only credited to Simmons. So um, there, uh -huh. there we go on that. I, I just I couldn't remember if uh, Ace had a part of that one either. You know, I actually agree with Daniel's thinking on this. I don't identify it as an Ace song, but I certainly think he could sing it. And I've already said all that, so let's move on. Yep. Um, in eleventh place, woo! I'm happy this one didn't come higher because I think it's the most overrated Ace song possibly in the original catalog on 24 points talk to me yet i actually went out and bought the artwork for the uk single yeah go figure uh <laughs> daniel let's start with you for this one what are your thoughts on talk to me well i think this song is kiss going full sellout mode you know trying to be a boy band almost uh uh talk to me i just want a little conversation uh sure this is Kiss. They want to do a bit more and then have a conversation. I don't know what the hell they're singing about. Uh, who, do they, who do they think they're fooling? I mean, and if you watch some of those shows from Europe, they were here playing uh, TV shows. It's totally oh, yeah. when you watch those play, when they play Talk to Me with these cheesy lyrics and you have Gene Simmons trying to look demonic and uh, like a vampire on stage and you play these kinds of songs, it, it really doesn't work. I, I think it's one of the worst. I had it second to last, actually. I only had Into the Void after this one. So uh, 
performing stuff like this with Jean in full makeup, going full demon. I mean, it's so cheesy, and it, it was it was one of the reasons why Kiss lost their popularity. I think. I mean, playing this this kind of stuff and still trying to look like uh, dangerous. It collided somehow. It didn't work. So, second to last, talk to me. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? And I'm I'm going to go because I ranked it second from bottom as well. And you know, back in 1985, 84, when I was getting into hard, harder music. You know, you'd go and listen to Motley Crue shout at the devil and 10 seconds to love. And then you put on Unmasked and you listen to Talk to Me, All I Want's a Little Conversation. Um, you know, in terms of the messaging, I'm sure some people find it highly appropriate that, yes, we should be having a conversation. Um, you know, but for 14-year-old me, I was just in there going, talk? Uh-uh. <laughs> Alex. I ranked it a bit higher. <laughs> it was uh, number four for me, uh, you know, between one. Um, again, I guess just sentiments, you know. <laughs> I mean, the first, like, you know, Kisses I had, I picked up was, like, Ace's solo album, Dynasty, and Unmasked, um, and The Elder. Um, so, obviously, that period of, like, kind of Ace singing lead songs, honestly. Uh, and I think it's just, uh, it's just, I've always just thought it was kind of a catchy, fun song. I was always kind of irritated it wasn't done live, really, even in the U.S. on Ace's solo tours. You know, he'd go to Australia and he pulls it out and it's like, it's like with Kiss with Shandy. I'd love, I'd love to go to a Kiss show and see them pull out Shandy, um, just because I think it's, it's a nice song and I enjoy it. Um, so it's kind of with talk with, talk to me. And I've always loved that live version that's on the, uh, the box set from, I think it's that Sydney 1980. Um, which they did. I, I will say, if you look at the live versions, I feel the Kiss live versions from the '80 are way better than when they did it on the 2001 farewell tour. Yeah, I can't listen to that Sydney show from '80. It's just so tinny and trebly, uh, and you know, cats howling. It's really painful. I like the New Zealand version and the 2001 farewell tour when they pulled it out again with Eric. Um, that's a good performance of "Talk to Me" live. Ken, your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's, this song falls right in the middle of the pack, right in the middle for me, around eight. So um, it's a it's a okay song. Um, again, another kind of corny song. It was released as a single, right? Uh, so <laughs> they must have thought it was pretty darn good uh, on the album. But you know, what was good? I think they were hoping that you know Ace's luck was going to keep going, but he pretty much shot his load on on his 78 <laughs> solo album because uh, the songs that follow the 78 solo album aren't even up to you know that standard uh, what came after so uh, yeah it's it falls in the middle for me it's kind of okay f- fun song different um, but not great yeah here's here's a funny weird factoid there was actually a Russell Ballad song considered for Unmasked. There we go. And I'm not going to say... Well, it's not surprising. Yeah. They probably should have, but because they had the commands on, you know, leading off that album, they might have thought that having two non-Kiss-written songs on one album was too much. Instead, they figured they'd have three A songs, which I don't know know if that's such a good idea. Okay, moving on. Uh, We come to our next asterisk in 10th place on uh, 26 points. Coming home. Danny, I'll start with you again because you, you're the guy who's putting asterisks on the 
on the ones. And again, we go to behind the mask and Ace can't remember what he contributed. Paul can't remember what Ace contributed, which is really rather strange because I, I would have thought Paul, of all people, would, would, would either minimize Ace's contributions or say that he had something absolutely brilliant that he was able to build an awesome song out of. So I'm guessing Riff. Again, I'm thinking the beginning of Coming Home is probably Ace, and that's just because of the feel of it. And there's nothing further for me to actually build that on but as paul says in behind the mask is that they would try you know different sorts of songwriting combinations at the time to see what would happen and this is obviously one of the you know the results of those combination tryouts daniel your thoughts on coming home yeah to me it sounds like a paul stanley song i mean there ain't a whole lot of riffing going on. It's more like chords being played. And uh, uh, the best part of Coming Home is actually Paul's Paul's vocals, I would say. Uh, we all remember the Unplugged version, which is outstanding. Uh, mostly because Paul sings it so well. There isn't really a, a riff that, uh, that st- stays with you after hearing this song. It's more like chord changes. And uh, I don't hear Ace on this one. Uh, I'm not sure what I did on this one. So to me, it's, once again, is isn't a, an Ace song, but, but I had it in ninth place, but, but uh, mostly because Paul sings it so well. Um, nothing spectacular about the solo or the chords. So, so nothing really Ace-ish about this song. Yeah. So you don't think it's plausible that Paul did the music and Ace did the lyrics on this? <laughs> No, I don't think that either. No. <laughs> All right. Um, Alex, let's go to you next. Um, to pull on my list. I uh, I did rank a little bit higher. I ranked this at number 10 on the list. Uh, just kind of, I guess, I've always kind of, when I guess that Ace must have contributed the kind of like that main, you know, riff to, to the song. Um, I've always liked Coming Home. Um, again, <laughs> happy memories coming home from trick-or-treating with my dad when I was like six and sitting with him on the couch and watching MTV Unplugged. So, yeah. Ken? Um, so, yeah, Coming Home falls low on my list. I think it is because it's got to be mostly a Paul written song. Uh, it, like Daniel said, it doesn't sound anything like an Ace kind of song um, at all. And, and you know, it's it's not one of my favorite Kiss songs in general. It's okay song. It's a pretty good song. Um, I think it's better, yeah, unplugged uh, than than on uh, Hotter Than Hell. Uh, but yeah, it fly, it falls real low on my list, uh, and that's and most of it's because I don't think it's Ace, hardly Ace, probably not even one percent Ace. Fair enough, and it's not one I can imagine Ace, you know, pulling out in the solo set. Here's one that I co-wrote with Paul back in the early day, I, and launching yeah. and coming. It doesn't, it doesn't work from that mm-hmm. context. And thank you also for mentioning the MTV Unplugged version of it, though, as a song, as a performance. Wow, I never get tired of anyone saying something about Unplugged, so that I can, you know, become all SpongeBob yeah. over it. Let's move on to uh, in ninth place. On 30 points, so now we're getting a bit of separation on the, the points. Getaway. Ken, I'll go straight back to you for that. Yeah, Getaway. 
I ranked it seven on my list, um, so a little bit higher than the average here. Um, I always, I always like that song. I don't know what it is. Um, I always like the riff in it, the chorus, and I guess part of the reason I like it so much is the way <laughs> Peter sings it. Um, I just thought it's a, always been a one of Kiss's, you know, more underrated type songs um, out there. Um, I've always liked it. So, you know, I can hear the ace, you know, writing in it. Definitely. Um, he wasn't ready to sing it yet, obviously. Um, but you know, Peter did it, did a good job. And it's to me, I, I, I never skipped that one. It's always good. Daniel, how about you? This is actually one of my favorite ace Frehley songs. I had it in third place mm -hmm. and, I think uh, when he was at his best, Ace managed to capture a feeling in the lyrics, a feeling we've all had. Mm. And this is one of those songs, you know, uh, you're tired of people, tired of people at work, maybe tired of the city where you live, maybe tired of your girlfriend and everything, and you just want to get away. And this song is perfect when you feel like that. Mm -hmm. And we've all had that, those feelings at some points. So... Uh, I do like the lyrics in this one, and that's not very common when it comes to Ace Frehley songs. <laughs> no. He's not the, the most known lyricist, but, but uh, this one is really good. And uh, again, uh, a great solo on this one, great classic mm. Ace Frehley solo. And um, it almost feels like an early Paul Stanley song, as this one as well. It's, it's a lot of... Uh, sort of like you know, I don't know what they, what you call it when you when you do the it's like a blues riff uh, all through the song uh, and mm -hmm. um, of course as as you said Ken the 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 vocals from Peter are just great and uh, he managed to express the feeling with his vocals mm -hmm. especially towards the end when he starts you know screaming out the lyrics over the chorus. And you have a great ending to the song as well. I always enjoy when they they have an ending to the song, and not only a fade out. I think it's kind of boring. So, in third place, Getaway, a great song. Nice, Alex. You you ranked this the same as me, so I'll, I'll let you go first. I did. Your thoughts. And I guess I'll steal Julian's your previous answer. You know, you kind of have the rank certain songs higher than the others <laughs> on on the <laughs> list in a way. Um, and I guess, you know, for me, I, I know Ace has a songwriting credit. I I guess I've just, I've always thought of it as a Peter song. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just, it just to me, it's, just, it's a, Peter took a song and he owned it. Um, and so, you know, when I think of Ace really memorable songs, this one doesn't really jump out to me. Because um, I guess you could just think it's a Peter song. Yeah. But it's well, not bad. You, you, to you, you totally are on the same wavelength as me. I can't get past thinking of this as a Peter song, even though Ace's name is next to it. I can't imagine Ace being able to sing something of this tempo, which really makes it more impressive. True. Yeah, it yeah. makes it more impressive yeah. that he wrote this. And there's no one mm -hmm. else's name tacked onto it as, you know, yeah. I, I don't I wouldn't be surprised if someone, you know, Gene or Paul did offer little suggestions um, to help craft it. But it's such a wonderful up-tempo poppy song. And it's only down mm -hmm. my list because there's other stuff that I like more. It's a fantastic bit of pop perfection that mm -hmm. Peter absolutely owns. I can't not think about Peter Chris's voice on this right. song. I don't even can't even think of the solo. 
I can only think of <laughs> Peter singing it, which is, you know, just mm -hmm. how much he owns it for me. So, you know, great thoughts. I can't Im imagine Ace even trying this one live. Imagine. <laughs> just, again, the tempo for True. how he plays these days, how turgid and molasses-soaked <laughs> his playing is at times. Um, but absolutely fantastic. All the superlatives we've kind of sung about the song. Um, absolutely excellent. All right, moving into eighth place on 33 points. Dark Light. Ken, first up. Yeah, Dark Light is, you know, I like it on The Elder. I mean, it kind of works in there. Um, but it's. I don't think it's one of his, you know, best songs. Though I, I ranked it at 10 on my list. Um, I maybe you guys ranked it a little bit higher than me, um, but uh, maybe not Daniel. Um, but uh, you know, I always liked the song. I thought it was a it's a good song. It's a little different. I think it was, it was originally a song called "Don't Run," I yeah. think, right? Um, yep. So maybe the "Don't Run" would have worked better. I mean, in the version instead of the Starlight version that they kind of converted it to fit the Elder and the theme of it um so maybe it lost something i'm guessing uh but you know it's a, it's a decent song um I, I do like the solo crazy you know just you know picking away at it as fast as you can <clears throat> i almost sounded i almost thought it when i first heard it, it was like it sounds like a, you know something santana would do you know it was, it was just different um for ace uh, but you know it's a good song yeah alex what about you and I just have to step away for a second. I can hear you. I, I rank this as number one. I love it. It's, Whoa. it's a fun right. song. It's such a number fun Number one song. and number two into the void. And number <laughs> four, flaming youth. It's like upside down list. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's such a fun song to play on the drums, though. It is just, it is just mm. a fun, groovy song. Um, and, and again... I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just a sentimental fool or something. <laughs> I just, I remember picking up the Elder and, and putting it in the car. I went with my dad to the record shop that was like 35 minutes north of where we lived and getting that CD and, and driving on back with that CD. And when the song came on, I, you know, because I'd always, I remember I'd always seen the um, the Beyond the Makeup special where Ace says he mm. took the album and he threw it against the wall, you know. And so I, I just always figured he didn't contribute at all to the album and yet here was this song of ace on there and i was just like what is this what is this magical moment i am having and so i've always i've always just loved it i, I don't care man y'all can hate me for <laughs> you want for it. it's just great I and it, like i said it's just fun to play on the drums and the solo i, I wish ace was up to par to play it i I know other people from the kiss cruise when they when ace's band attempted to play it live and I know a lot of people um, say, well, hey, I got to see it live. And, and I, kudos. I really wish they really would have practiced this one up. They think it would have been a complete magical moment on the Kiss Cruise if it was up to par. Nice. You know, there are no wrong opinions. Only trolls think that. And we can't all about, think the same. Yeah, for, forget <laughs> no about them. Imagine, I, I mean, I saw it on the cruise. And I geeked out as imperfect as it was. I was thrilled. I was pleased. If I could change one thing, uh, and it's kind of been touched on, I would have had him revert it back to Don't Run and said, I didn't need Lou Reed to fix my lyrics for me. I think it sounded fine. And I think he probably could have done the mumbling bits much better nowadays, taking it back there. 
But on the elder, it sounds absolutely fantastic. You know, Ezrin certainly captured his guitars and the attack in it uh, perfectly. But again, I, I prefer Don't Run. I, I live for the day that there is a crystal clear copy of that demo from, you know, the multi-tracks if it survives or from a mix down. But I also believe that Ace contributed far more to the Elder than he admits or remembers, probably remembers, um, because there are jams you know, that, that do now circulate for collectors out there that suggest that he was actively, you know, participating in Canada. Sure. We have interviews that he was up at Ezrin's house drunk, but there. So that, <laughs> that's the point. Daniel, Darklight. Yeah, number 12 for me. Um I have to agree with what Ken said. It was the first thing that uh, uh, came to me. It is that it feels kind of constructed to fit the elder, and that kind of ruins it a bit. Uh, the lyrics and even the solo to some extent. It doesn't feel. I mean, you guys like the solo. To me, it's one of his uh, least memorable. I think he. It 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 lacks melody. It lacks. Charm, it lacks everything that's uh, typical of Ace. I mean, that you can hum along with the solo and you remember it. It's it's like a song in the song, you know. This one to me is him jerking off on guitar, and I, I don't like like that. So I prefer his melodic solos. So to me, it's number twelve, and it it was constructed to fit the elder, and that ruined the song a bit. So it's you make pretty me good. And I, I guess it's fun to play on drums, but. That doesn't make it a good song to me. You make me feel dirty now. Lazy. I didn't get you. Yeah. Lazy ace. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go. This one, this next one actually surprised me that it was kind of at this point in our ranking. So in seventh place on 34 points, Hard Times, which of course was the B side to which single Ooh. was it? I was made for loving you. I was made for loving you. Yeah, yeah. with the the actual and. The, the single edit has the ending coda on it, which mm -hmm. is not on the album version, which was always one of those first things I actually noticed to be different on a single. So it's actually special to me for that reason. But I'm surprised it didn't rank higher. Alex, let's go back to you for that. Um, yeah, looking at my list, I ranked it at number six. Um, just I love Dynasty. I think Dynasty is a fantastic uh, album. And... Um, you know, when Ace did this song live, because I, I, you know, he did it, put it live in his live shows. It was always like awesome, you know, something from from Dynasty and stuff. And it wasn't 2000 Man, so I was excited and stuff. Um, I think it's just a fun song. I, I think it's very, you know, autobiographical of Ace uh, to a degree. And so I just always thought, like, you know, I feel like maybe he had fun doing the song. You know, when you hear the lyrics and you know it's kind of autobiographical, you kind of think, at least for me. Like he must be having fun doing this song himself, too. So if he's having fun, I got to have fun. There we go. Ken. Yeah, I talked about this one before. Um, I think when we talked about Dynasty, uh, this song I really do like a lot. And uh, I did buy that single when it came out. I was made for loving you uh, before the album was released. I bought the single. And I ended up playing. I ended up playing the B side more than the A side. So I was playing Hard Times quite quite a lot. Uh, I really, really thought, you know, thoroughly enjoyed the the song, uh, the riff of it, and the theme. And yes, it's a uh, it's by you know it's a 
Ace's, it's a story from obviously Ace's, you know, maybe childhood or, or teen years, um, in New York. Um, and I ranked this at five on my list. So, uh, you know, I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yep. Daniel. Yeah. Much like cold gin or, or the previous song we talked about getaway. This is one of his best, uh, lyrics uh, as you mentioned Alex uh, I think it fits his character and, and much more than a song like talk to me which is just silly uh, but there are a lot of to like there are a lot of things to like in this song great strong vocals I mean he was maybe at his peak when it comes to singing at, at this point uh, a chorus that sticks I mean you don't forget that chorus great drumming of course on this album I don't know why but that's some some reason why why it was so good yeah and what else an ending a good ending and i also like the the trans transition from the smooth bridge to the solo echoing ace's voice you you know they have an echo when he shouts at the end of of the bridge and then it goes into a screaming guitar solo so there's a lot of stuff on this song that i like i think it's a very good a song i had it at at, at seven yeah, and I, think, I think you sum it up perfectly. I mean, it's in the bottom half for me just because it kind of falls down there. When I listen to Dynasty, you know, there are two autobiographical songs about life in New York. You know, so you've got Dirty Living and you've got Hard mm -hmm. Times. And I just gravitate more to Peters again because I like his voice. But in terms of songcraft, Ace did a fantastic job with this song and it's executed perfectly. So... You know, again, it's bottom half just because there's other stuff that I prefer more. All right. In sixth place, Strange Ways. Back to you, Daniel. And uh, that had 34 points. No, 35 points. So it only just pipped hard times. Yeah, I guess this is, to some of you guys, maybe more of a Peter song than if I think of what you said about Getaway. But if you look past that, this is a great... Uh, a song you know you have the slow uh, plotting sinister riff um, ace was clearly clearly the riff master of kiss at this point and of course of course peter peter's vocals are great uh, and i also like that you can hear gene very clear on on the chorus doing his sort of cookie monster demon voice uh, uh, and once again, he managed managed to capture a feeling in this one. Uh, I think it's a. I don't know really what it's about, but it feels <laughs> feels dark. It feels uh, sinister. I really like it. And um, and uh, classic A solo. Uh, one of the, the his solos that that you remember that you can sing along to. Uh, much better than Dark Light. And uh, so it's just a good song, Strange Ways. And I liked it when actually Eric Singer performed it with his band, I think, uh, in the maybe late 90s. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love watching this song get performed, even though Ace doesn't sing it. And uh, I think like Flaming Youth, I'd be interested to hear an Ace vocal version of it because I think it's slow enough that at least in the studio he could do so, even if he's always had yeah. like, you know, his cast members sing it for him live in concert. Because you know, I, I usually watch him. I'm fixated on him during the song, watching him. Uh, you know, 
So it is dark. It is kind of Sabbathy. It is, you know, it's got a great groove to it. Alex, strange ways. Um, looking at my list, I, my phone's being all silly today. Uh, let's see, it ranked in number nine for me on my list. Um, it's it's a slow song. It's like a it's a weird song. It's it's a strange song. The way of it is so strange. Um, I've always like it's it's it to me. It's always been slow, but yet like you mentioned, Julian, it's like you, you're fascinating to kind of see it live. And, and like you, when I saw Ace both times, even though his bass player was singing the song, I was looking at Ace and watching him as he was playing it and so forth. Um, and I mean, I just can't imagine how it would have sounded with that drum solo <laughs> that, that Peter wanted on it originally. But um, because it, it moves, it moves a little slow, but it's 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 like a slow goodness, I guess. You know, like you said, molasses, molasses, what, right? You know, but you know, if you, you cook with molasses, they come out really good, and I feel like the song's kind of like that. It, it's got that just the right mixture of slowness that that makes it uh, unique and amazing. Nice, Ken. Yeah, well, Joe, you touched on it earlier. I know what I was going to say is it was Ace's attempt at a Black Sabbath type song because it's a lot like that, you know, that slow, dirgy kind of mm, you know, plotting um, song. And uh, though it's, even though it is like that, it's it's really good. It's a great song. And the, the crazy, you know, solo that he has in this song it's just one of the wildest solos on, on any of the Kiss songs. Um, I think it may have been pieced together from maybe multiple uh, uh, <laughs> attempts at it, but it, it's just crazy, uh, crazy, but it fits perfect because it is a kind of uh, strange and dark kind of thing. Um, so it's it's a good song. I ranked it, you know, six on my list. Yeah. It really comes from a time where there were no rules for Kiss. The hotter than I, true. album. And, and I want to add, like, it's weird because, you know, I think we've always, as Kiss fans, we've always kind of criticized the, the production, the production of Hotter Than Hell uh, right. as an album. But yet this song, that production really fits well with this song. Yeah, totally works. Ironic. I agree. Yeah, no, agree. I agree. All right, so moving into fifth place now, uh, again, clear separation into the top five on 40 points, Save Your Love. Straight back to Dynasty. This is actually one of my all-time favorite Kiss songs. I love playing it on the guitar and trying to sing along to it because I just can't do those two things at the same time. Well, some people say I can't do either uh, separately either. Um, but it's such a fun song. Again, so well-crafted. 78, 79, he really hit a, a peak. It's just such a, a great pop song with a hard rock edge. Daniel. Yeah, I had it in num at number six. Um, uh, I like the theme of, of, of this song as well. You know, getting rid of an annoying girlfriend, I guess. Or it's it's basically about telling people to fuck off. You know, I mean, and at times that is very tiltilating to think that you you actually can say that to your boss or or your ex-girlfriend or something, that you really can express what you feel. And I think the song is kind of two parts of the song. I mean, you have the verses where it's kind of a uh, therapeutic talk. You know, Ace tries to explain that it's over and 
they need to go their separate ways. And it seems as if the girl doesn't get it, so he kind of screams it during the choruses, save your love for someone else. And uh, I think the choruses and the verses are, are in stark contrast to each other, and it works real well. Um, strong vocals, for, once again. Uh, and he really sings the chorus with uh, conviction. Uh, and I also like that you can hear Paul very clear on, on the chorus. Uh, you hear his voice very clear there. And um, the solo is once again great. Uh, and again, awesome drums on this one. Um, and uh, I like the way he screams on the, this one. You know, baby, it's over. And mess up my mind. It's over now. I mean, he really goes for it on this song and he pulls it off and it's a real good a song one of his best number six for me yeah yeah you touched on two things there his vocal and the gang vocals but just i think he goes from this sort of subject matter save your love into just wanting to talk to me <laughs> yeah, it's alex um i know i ranked this after uh, hard times so i guess that that puts it at number seven um, so kind of like in the middle, but I, same thing like Daniel said, I've always loved Paul's vocal you hear in the background. Um, and I don't know, did you guys, do you guys ever like find music to be therapeutic and stuff when you've gone through rough times in life and yeah, stuff sure. yeah, for, the, for the heartbreak, you know, and I, and I had, I always had my, uh, I had my heartbreak playlist, you know, when you, a relationship might've ended or maybe, you know, you just kind of go yeah. separate with a girl. And this is like always on that list. This and like move on by Paul Stanley. You know, you put these those two songs on repeat a couple of times, and you feel good after about a thirty minute <laughs> session. Yeah, my my music on that's all Mozart, Vivaldi, and Jean Michel Jarre. So I don't listen to hard rock to deal with my emotions. Ken, Julian, do you have any Grey Poupon? No, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> English mustard only in this house. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, so this song is about the middle of my list, or just below the middle, actually. Um, I like it. Um, the only part I would think I would get rid of is um, it, where it's the stretched out, you know, save your love, save your love, save it, save it. I would have just cut that out and went straight to the chorus. Just cut it, go straight to the other part of the chorus. The, you know, save your love, I don't need it, and so on. Um, that's just my opinion. The save your love, save it, save it kind of get, semi gets on my nerves a little bit. But otherwise, it's a, it's a really good song and a great solo on there uh, by Ace. I do agree with Daniel about the, he's, his vocals are really good, especially towards the end of the song. Um, but uh, it's a good, good enough. Good enough. That's that. There you go. Ace. Good Happy enough birthday. for me. Good enough. All right. So we're into the top four here. Uh, we've got a little bit of a bunch up in these next three and in fourth place on 42 points, cold gin. And uh, I guess this could have been higher, should have been higher. But Alex wrote it down very low. Alex, explain yourself, <laughs> young man. <laughs> uh, OK. You know, we, we talked about the, the goodness of the slowness on on strange ways. I just and I guess, again, I tried to really focus on the studio versions for my listing um, and those versions. And I just always thought it was like a slow, dull song. I mean, live, it's great. And, and don't get me wrong. When I've seen Ace live and he, and he pulls it out, it's, it's freaking awesome. 
And even like when I saw Kiss when he did it on the uh, the Kiss Alive 35 slash Sonic Boom tour, it was awesome. So I just studio wise, I've just always like it's like ah, it's it's not one of my favorites. And now I'm speaking uh, blasphemy here amongst the the Kiss uh, the Kishtons, but uh, you know. <laughs> Remember, there is no wrong opinion. This was the song. I was really thrilled that he put this on Origins and did his own version after performing it live and for so many years. I love the Origins version. That's one of my favorite ones to go to. So, I don't know. <laughs> it just tickles me, knowing what we know now, that getting Simmons to sing about alcohol is just priceless. That is just ace. No, no, Gene, I'm not ready to sing this one. You sing it. Daniel, your thoughts on Cold Gin? Yeah, you know... <clears throat> Opinions are all equal, but some opinions are more equal in, than others. And this is number two on, on my list. Uh, and uh, I just remember, I guess this is kind of, you know, as you mentioned, Dark Light was fun to play on drums. The first time I picked up a, an electric guitar and played this riff, I actually managed to do it, you know, and it sounded cool and it sounded heavy. And to this day, this is one one of my go-to songs when I just fill around on, on on the guitar. I love the riff. Uh, to me, it's maybe the well, the best or the second best riff of all time when it comes to Ace. Uh, and it's just a, a classic song, and the lyrics fits perfectly. It's just a shame that he didn't sing it himself. I mean, it would have been even better. And as Julian said, I mean, Gene Simmons singing this song is kind of ridiculous. You know, he, he's never had a drink in his life. But, but uh, as a song to me, I do agree. It's kind of slow, the studio version, version. It's very slow. But I guess I look past that and it's just classic Ace song. When you think about Ace, this is one of the songs that comes to mind. Excellent. Number two. Excellent. That's why I went from bottom rank to the highest rank. Ken. Well, you know, um, Alex was talking that, you know, it's it's too slow uh, for him. But, you know, what else is slow, Alex, is your clock behind you is about a minute and a half slow. So I just want you to check that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's true. I noticed that earlier. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, the song, I love the song. Uh, I agree, though, that, yeah, uh, on the first album, for instance, that song and Firehouse, both were kind of, a little bit on the slower side than what they play, you know, live. Um, but Cold Gin is just a, a classic song. I had it as number three on my list. Classic song, a great middle section, which which he turns out, I guess, was written by uh, Gene Simmons, um, but he didn't take credit for it. So I, I, it's just a classic Kiss song that is, they still do it in concert sometimes. Uh, some of their tours, uh, but it's it's a great, great one of his obviously best uh, Ace, you know, written songs about his favorite subject. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be the case. <laughs> All right, so before we get into the top three, and everyone thinks that Captain Obvious is going to appear, I'm going to do the recap before we get there. So in 15th place, Torpedo Girl. In 14th, Into the Void. 13th, Two Sides of the Coin. Or three sides of the coin, if you prefer. Um, in 12th place, Flaming Youth. 11th, Talk to Me. 10th, Coming Home. 9th, Get Away. 8th, Dark Lies. 7th, Hard Times. 6th, Strange Ways. 5th, Save Your Love. 4th, Cold Gin. And in 3rd place on 43 points, <gasps> shock me, it's shock me. Ken, back to you. 
Shock me. Great song. Um, it's number four on my list, so right near there. Uh, yeah, that's eight, first is Ace, Ace's first vocal. Um, it's pretty good. I always thought it was weird. I mean, when I first bought Love Gun, when I was first getting into to Kiss back then, um, in 77, um, I thought this voice sounds so weird and different from the other you know, two you know, or three singers, uh, you know, Gene and, and, and Paul and, and uh, Peter. Um, I thought, gee, I don't really like his vocal, you know. Um, and it's not it's not his best vocal. It really isn't. Um, but it's a great, great riff of the song. It's, it's just great. Plus, the and the solo, one of the greatest solos uh, that he's done, I guess. You know, it's a maybe a top ten solo. Uh, for Ace on songs, and of course he expanded on it in live in concert uh, when he did that solo. It became part of the big, longer, stretched out solo. Um, so that's how that's how good it was. So it's a great song. I just the only thing that always bothered me is his vocals weren't as strong. But you know, it's his first vocal, so I can't give him too much of a bad time. <laughs> no, blame Eddie Kramer. Yeah, I'll blame Eddie. There you go. Alex, you ranked this the highest out of the four of us, so tell us what you love about Shock Me. It's such a fun song. Um, I just, yeah, you know, I mean, kind of Kim said a lot of the stuff, you know, it's being the first, you know, with Ace's lead vocal. Um, just so many, uh, you know, kind of going off in the studio, so many great live versions of this song out there. Um, um you even seeing Ace live when I seen, uh, saw him uh, the two times. And, of course, going into the, the solo. Um, and just, again, a little bit of that autobiographical. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, um, some differences and a little bit of the lyrics, too. But, you know, you hear the story of you know him being electrocuted and then coming up with a song and, and stuff. Um, it's, it's always kind of fun when you get those fun stories about a song uh, going in there. And I, I think... Um, you know, Love Gun, I think, is just such a fantastic Kiss album, too, um, as it is. So I think that's kind of why I rank it a little bit higher with, with Eddie Kramer's uh, production. Um, yeah. Good stuff. I mean, I rank it highly just because it's a fun song. Innuendo is such a critical <laughs> part of right. you know, writing fun material, not being blatantly vulgar or crass, but just being playful. And you know exactly what he's talking about. You know, it's a bit like Aerosmith's Walk This Way. You know, and some of the other songs of the 70s where you're like, I can't believe they got away with that. But it was done in such a way that that you can totally believe that they got away with it. Compare that to music in the 21st century where it's actually you know, like, oh, my God. People actually pay to listen to someone saying that. <laughs> Uh, or maybe I, just, maybe I just became my parents, and that's okay. Yeah. Daniel, what are your thoughts on Shock Me? Well, uh, because it's Ace's first vocal, I think this song gets a bit too much credit. And also, it's been done live a lot, so uh, people had, have been turned on to it. I don't think this is one of his best ones. Um, I think the drumming on this one might be the best part for me and, and the solo is great of course but he has many great solos but I think this is one of Peter's 
most fun drum tracks. It's really innovative or whatever you call it. Uh, he's very playful and it comes up with a lot of small uh, things. Yeah, that works well. So, um, but, but but to me, the riff is nowhere near Cold Gin or Parasite or, or things like that. Uh, it's kind of fun, but it's not very memorable. Uh, so uh, I do like the song, but I just have to <laughs> put in my two cents here because I don't think it's a top song for Ace. I, I actually put it in 10th place. Uh, and I think, yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't going to say anything about that, but I think you raise a completely valid point that there are better crafted songs, both musically, lyrically, and in terms of vocal performance by Ace on this list. But we're sentimental about it because yeah, it was yeah. his first, you know, uh, lead vocal both on love gun and then the performance on alive too so yeah, yeah and as ken know. said the vocals are pretty weak in comparison to to hard times and uh, save your love and stuff but like that. really fun solo on it yeah the solo okay. is great. yeah and all right moving, moving into second place on 44 points and you know it, it was you know only by a gnat's hair parasite took the second spot so, Ken, let's go back to Hotter Than Hell with you for this song. Yeah, uh, Parasite, great song. Um, love the song. Um, it is on number two on my list also. So it's right there in the sweet spot. Uh, it's, it's just, uh, again, here's another one of the subject matters. I, I don't know what the song is exactly about, um, but... It, it's it's a great song and and jeans you know vocals fit it fit it you know perfectly um so i you know i don't know what to say but i just like it when i hear it um everything about it is a good song it's one of his best obviously on my list one of his best ever written songs yeah, I had it in third place. You know, there's a couple of songs on here. Cold Gin, uh, Shock Me. I have never tried to play on guitar. Parasite, from day one with a guitar, I think that would have been on my list to try. It's fun to play. Um, it's, you know, it's, it doesn't have to make any sense. That's a great thing about music. It can just sound good. That's true. And it's so fun in <laughs> yeah. concert. Um, you know, what, what can you say? I, I actually think about the guitar more than I think about Gene's vocal. So there you go, Daniel. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts on Parasite? Yeah, to me, this is the ultimate Ace song. It's number one at my list, and uh, you know, it's a heavy, really cool riff. Uh, maybe the coolest bridge of all time. Uh, uh, and as Julian said, it's wonderful to play on guitar. It's really fun, and you can play it kind of. It's not that hard to learn either. And uh, but the solo part on that goes over the bridge is real cool and one of ace's classic solos of course and uh, you got yourself the ultimate ace track i mean and the and the name of it parasite i mean uh, english is not my native tongue so when i was a kid <laughs> I, I i didn't really know anything what the songs were about uh, but parasite is a parasite in swedish so it's almost mm -hmm. the same the same word, so I, I, I got the, the idea immediately there. And to me, it's about some girl leeching on, on a man and, and, you know... Sucking his blood. Sucking <laughs> his blood. Yeah, sort of 
But, but, but it could be about anything. But to me, it's always been about that, a parasite. Yeah. Nice. Alex, you're up. Yeah, and I uh, I rank this pretty low. <laughs> 14, <laughs> I think. 14. But I, again, I also get the list of the songs of what I go to to listen to. You know, when I'm at a Kiss show, when I'm at an Ace Frehley show, and he goes into this song, it is a fun song to be a part of. You know, because when you're at a concert, there's that concert experience that you're going through and stuff with all the other fans and everything like that. And so, at in the live setting, it's 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 fun to be a part of and stuff. So I, but I as a, as a go-to track to put on to listen to, it hasn't been a big favorite of mine. Um, but you know, like I just said, like at a Kiss show though, if it's in the set list, I'm not upset though. Yeah. I think it was a shame they left it off Live 3 uh, because they played it on the Revenge Tour. I really looked forward to have a version, a perfect, clear version with Eric Singer on the drums because that was one of the songs that he kind of updated in the early 90s. And you, you're like, wow, this is how it can sound. So maybe, that's a shame. Maybe on the Alive 3 Deluxe Edition that Universal is just raring to release to us. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Forget it. Number one, it's obvious. Rocket Ride by a mile. I mean, we go from 44 points in second place to 53, and it's not just because Ken and I ranked it as our favorite Ace Frehley song. Uh, Ken, we'll start with you. Yeah, it was. It was a, well, I mean, it wasn't easy to, you know, pick the number one, but it's kind of, in, it's kind of in a way a no-brainer. It's just a great song. I mean, it, it was like a extra song uh, for live. Uh, alive too, you know, side four, um, and it the the song just totally fits Ace. It's just like, oh yeah, that's that's Ace. I mean, you know, you got the rocket, you know, space spaceship kind of stuff, um, and there's the like you talked about earlier, Julian, the innuendo is <laughs> 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 again, um, and 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 it's it's just a very very cool riff. Uh, different riff and um the solo is different too um the solo he, he did something different on it so i can't remember what it was right um and you guys could probably explain it because you guys are the guitarist um but uh yeah he did something different that he, i think he's never done before you know before or after on a kiss album as far as the solo was um but just a great great song and uh, I think they released it as a single, obviously, because it was obviously that good of a song. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it did well, but it did. Know, it, it was top 40. Big... Oh, it did hit top 40. Okay. Well, Pale was probably did. involved, but it was a top 40. Close. Single. All right. All right. So, well, you know, it was it was Ace becoming starting to fall into his groove, you know. Uh, New York Groove, I guess, um, <laughs> uh, for uh, right before the 78 solo album. I mean, his writing was really at his peak, or getting to his peak. Yeah, he was peaking at the right time. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go next because, you know, he obviously shocked them with how good Rocket Ride was being the second single off Alive 2 and going top 40. But I have always loved this song. I love the tempo and, again, the innuendo the kind of the song craft for me. Uh, so I'd like to think that I'd be consistent every time I had to pick a favorite Ace song, that this would always be my favorite one because, you know, it's just one of those songs. I loved it a few years ago when Ace did a t-shirt 
of the girl riding the rocket, you know, mm. the, gr- the girl grabbing a hold of a rocket. I just, just they didn't make <laughs> the super fat people size, so I couldn't have one. But I hopefully can um, find find one at some point <laughs> as I get skinnier. So there we go. Daniel, yes. rocket ride. Yeah, it's a great tune. I uh, had it in fourth place. Uh, I like the build-up to the riff in the beginning. And the riff, mm. of course, is one of his most classic riffs. Uh, it's like a better version of the, the Torpedo Girl riff. It's kind of fun. It sounds kind of funny. It's not that dark and sinister like Parasite or Cold Gin, but but it's a fun riff, and it's fun to play. And um, again, uh, one of the classic Ace Frehley solos, and uh, he has that kind of space-ish effect on, on the guitar. It sounds really cool, that, which Ken mentioned. And... Uh, I like the the live feel of the ending where he goes kind of crazy, <laughs> and the song is performed as it was uh, as if it was performed live mm-hmm. in the studio. So it sounds really cool and uh, well, one of his best songs. Yep. All right, Alex. It's been so long since we've had you on the show. You get to have the final <laughs> word. Oh, great! I, I put this at five, you know, on my list, but I, I love it. Um, I actually had that T-shirt, Julian, but my mom being the the good saintly woman that she was, she took a black Sharpie to edit the shirt for me. So <laughs> uh, now, now you're a parent, you'll understand a lot more of that sort of stuff. Yeah. She is a bit <laughs> on that rocket, but uh, I went home with it and she was like, what is on the back of your shirt? <laughs> but um, yeah, but uh, the song's great. And I've always, gosh, Ian, can we talk kissed miss mistakes? Why is kiss never had this in their set list? <laughs> Don't you know, get me started. <laughs> the dynasty tour, the reunion, you know, the the whole time Ace was back. Uh, just, yeah. uh, just, just, we'll add that's that to that. List. The miss kissed opportunities list as well. Uh, great song. Um, I'm always happy when Ace does it, and even just all the fun motions he makes with the guitar just makes it a fun song. Come on, Tommy. There's still time for you to do the song live in a kiss set and make me happy. <laughs> If Ace isn't going to do it. to wait until next year, maybe. Well, you can't, do, you can't do it with Ace now. So <laughs> that, that would be wild, though, if he actually came out and did a guest spot and they did Rocket Ride with Ace. It's, mm, I agree, it'd be awesome. I, I agree, Alex. That is the mit, the, the kissed opportunity that is probably yes, at the sir. top. We've done an episode on that, haven't we? Yeah, we did. I think I think we mentioned that was probably. one of them. Because um, I know we've talked about it before. So there we are. There's our list. Those are the how we ranked Ace's solo or Ace's contributions to Kiss during his two tenures in the band or his two tenures to date in the band. What do you agree with? What do you think is an egregious error in our opinions? Do let us know how you would have approached this topic. You know, what's your favorite Ace vocal? What's the song that you think best represents Ace? Uh, you know, so wherever you listen to this show, whether it's on iTunes or whether it's uh, while taking a break from fighting on the FAQ or on YouTube, chime in with your opinion. We'd love to know what you think. But for now, from Daniel, from Ken, from Alex and myself, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Synchronize your clocks. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.